This call is now being recorded. Hey, everybody. This is Lainey with Fetty Loose Children, a podcast by me. It's a nod to my hero, Fetty Lou Hamer, a voting rights and civil rights activist born in Rural, Mississippi in 1917. I talk to people who work to adapt change in their communities and people who find solutions. Um, but I call her the accidental activist simply because when she saw a flyer to come to a meeting to, uh, you know, to a voting rights meeting, um, she decided to go uh, not knowing what to expect, and she emerged as uh, being deputized to um, to register her people to vote. Now, she had been working as a um, sharecropper since the age of six. Um, in the seventh grade, eighth grade, before she went, her plantation owner found out that she could read and write. So from then on, she was a timekeeper for the plantation. And now we're talking about in her 40s, her friend Lou Hamer was still sharecropping and working on a plantation. Um, she was just tired of that type of, tired of that life. So as she was coming home, her plantation owner met her at the gate and told her that he had heard what she'd done, that uh, Mississippi wasn't ready for that yet, and that if she did not go and reverse what she'd done, then she could leave tonight. And so she decided to leave that night with her children and her husband to follow days later. <clears throat> and uh, so we call people who we interview, who we talk to, who work in their communities, Fannie Lou's, one of Fannie Lou's children. Now, she did have two children, but she couldn't have them naturally. She um, suffered at the hands of a southern white doctor where she went for uh, checkup, you know, stomach ache checkup. That was common. That happened to black women. And they would leave with uh, an unnecessary, unwarranted um, hysterectomy. And that was a common practice uh, back then. And even have uh, accounts of where some southern white doctors admitted it. So I'm just going to give you some background on where we are today. So this, from this week, up until the end of June, I'm interviewing entrepreneurs um, with uh, some of the things that have uh, come about that have been very in our faces since this lockdown, some things that we've seen uh, where, you know, that we're not really satisfied that's happening in the black community. I get a lot of talk from people because I've been an activist, an advocate for the community for a long time. Um, and, um, you know, people come to me and they say, hey, you know, maybe you need to be quiet, you know. Why do you, you know, you don't care about possibly losing, you know, money, finances, you know, blah, blah, blah. So I'm talking to entrepreneurs um, this week, this month, and we're going to talk about black, we're going to, first of all, we're going to talk about minding our, minding our own business. And that's kind of a play on what's going on now when we have a demographic out there who cannot mind their business and who feel as if they have to police black bodies. And so we're having more interaction with the police. Black killings have not stopped. And so we're talking about remaining active, remaining vocal about social justice um, and being black entrepreneurs. And I guess the end result is do we care whether we suffer or not? 
how do we, you know, how are we going to determine how we're going to do this? So I want to introduce my guest today. I'm really happy to have someone that I consider a friend. It's um, Brooklyn chef Danielle Moore. Now, I'm going to let her tell you a little bit about her and about her business, and then I will put her information in the show notes. Um, and she has, um, she's going to tell you about some of the products that, her, what she's doing in terms of her business and the direction that she's taking it, uh, which is a, which is a, um, you know, like an arm of the catering business, the chef catering business. Chef, are you there? Yes, I am. Welcome to Fannie Lou's Children. You all, you know the spiel. You know what we're doing. Just yes, start thank you so you much. <laughs> well, I want to first of all thank you so much for um, having me and uh, um, and using your platform, you know, for these purposes. And um, there were things that you said about Fannie Lou Hamer that I wasn't aware of that I'm now aware of. So when they say you learn something new every day, this is absolutely true. Um, and I believe in um, learning new things as much as possible. You know, I don't want to yeah. become closed-minded and and not be open to learning things um, about myself, about my people. You know, um, so the you know I can go on and on and tell you that yes, I'm a chef. I have my own catering business, and you know I have an apron line that I started. I um, Getting into homeware and home goods, I want to follow the same lines of B. Smith. You know, I want to do what she did, but um, do do it on a grander scale. And eventually, yeah. what I want to do is um, donate monies to Alzheimer's research because that's one of the things that took her out was um, having Alzheimer's, and it just it yeah. made me sad to watch her deteriorate over the years. And she was yeah. so young and vibrant, and she still had beautiful. life beautiful. in her. Yes, and yes, yeah. and beautiful. And I remember, you know, sitting in her restaurant when I was a kid. My mom took me there, and and I was just in awe of her smile. And this woman that, that looked like me, she had her own restaurant, which was, you know, which was, which was an amazing, like, you know, it was amazing to me. I was in awe, like I was seeing like a superhero up close. And although I was young, I didn't really get into this. I didn't get into this lifestyle of being a chef until 20 years ago, even though it's in my blood, even though my mom did it, even though my grandmother did it. I have a sister who does it. Uh, my brother, he unfortunately, he passed away. He was also a chef as well in North Carolina. So it's definitely in our DNA. But the most important thing that's in our DNA is activism. My mom was an activist. My mom was an advocate. My mom was, um, she had ties to the Black Panther Party. Um, my mom was born in Philadelphia. She could tell you about the bombings that happened in, in Philadelphia um, and, and how she um, also was a part of that in, in, in um, you know, giving out like free lunch and stuff like that. She did a lot of things. She was very proactive in the community and she was so pro community that is is it is no way that I cannot be pro community for my community at this point. Yes, I can use my platform and um sell my products and and focus solely on my products and don't worry about whatever's going on in the world. I can turn a blind eye to if I wanted to, but I chose not to because that's not where I come from. 
You know, that's not where I come from. I can, I, of course, I can make like you. I can make more money if I shut up. Yeah. But where, but, yeah. but, but where, but that, but making money it will now put us in a different arena. And we will not, and I, and those arenas don't have a lot of us in it. And why don't, why would I want to be somewhere where we're not, we're, we're not there. We're not welcome. We're, um, we're only let in selectively. I don't want to be in those kind of spaces. I want to be in the spaces where I can rub elbows with the guy who hangs out from the liquor store and also hang, you know, ha- you know, rub elbows with the people who are business owners like myself. Yeah. 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 Um, it's something, you know, I, I've been an advocate for a long time and, and at the same time, I've been in business a long time. I may have mentioned that a little earlier. And so it never had been an issue with me. I, it never came to me that people were seeing my voice when it comes to social justice as a bad thing. But I will admit that it was only my people who said something, who were vocal about that. If anyone else had a problem, because, see, here's the thing. I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to um, wear a muzzle. I'm not going to wear a muzzle. And I made that very clear to my clients from very young. I cannot be Muslim. You know what I mean? I, I'm just, you know, we formed, um, you know, and the thing is, I didn't just raise hell. I organized. I formed, um, you know, organizations to tackle those things and then taught my community. It just doesn't make sense to work in the community, um, be a, be a, a, you know, be seen in the community and be known for what you do and not help tackle issues. I didn't like when my people would, you know, people come into, you know, the rest, we're going to go back into the building later on in the year. But I've either had a, been in the building, the restaurant building, or, you know, just done catering. But people, when you're in business, they know who you are. They, they tell you their problems. And people have a problem with the way some of the corner store nurses uh, were, were treating and talking to them. Well, this is because they have never had any uh, had to be accountable for their actions. So they plant themselves in the black communities and the brown communities. Uh, you know, the brown communities don't speak for us the way we do for them. And I'm, I'll be honest with you, I'm having a problem with a whole lot of with a lot of things right now. Uh, there's a big brown uh, uh, community, a uh, 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 Hispanic community here in Texas. And, you know, I see some black people go, you know, everybody just bro, and that, but let me tell you something. I don't see the inclusion on their end like black people do. And all you have to do is when you're on um, social media and go to some of those local news channels, social media pages, 13, let me tell you something. Some of those Hispanics on there, man, they are talking worse than some of those uh, races that are, that are on there. And I'm like, you know what? And here's the thing with me. You, you know, you really can't play with me. Once you show me who you are, and I don't go around just judging people based on one person, but, again, if you're not if you're not chopping that person down and, and, and telling those people, wait a minute, wait a minute now, because it's the black people, black people in this who fought for the rights that we have today. We're, you know, black people are the ones who put their bodies on the line. So you might want to be careful about, what you say and what you do. Now, I feel like they need to because here's the thing. I also feel like this about business. Everybody's not my customer. I've always felt that way. 
everyone is not my customer. My customers are the ones who understand that I advocate for my community, understand that I see the wrongs that are being done, and I can do that as well as give you a good product. That's my customer. If a person has a problem, then that's not my client. You, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. You know how the athletes receive so much backlash. That's one industry where we saw this years, a couple of years ago when those um, uh, franchise owners called black these guys inmates. And what did the white people say? Oh, just play ball. We don't want to hear what you have to say. Just play ball or we're going to not come to the game. Beyonce did her formation thing at the, at, at, um, halftime. And so to them, they're saying, oh, she's against police. I just don't understand how people think. She's against police. She's against police. We are going to boycott her. Tell her I want to know. How really do you think you can boycott Beyonce? But anyway, that's just, you know, crazy. So, you know, we have, I guess we have to ask ourselves, and, and then, you know, we have so many corporate organizations out there. You know, Ben and Jerry, a lot of organizations have a social media platform. And, but that's fine when corporations do it. Because when corporations do it, you know, they're not, you know, they don't receive black backlash. But a lot of black businesses do. And that's kind of what I wanted to, you know, talk about that today. And then some of the things that we saw, I want you to speak on that, at, with this, um, the way black people were treated in China. And then, again, we're expected to give business to their relatives here in the United States without having a problem with the treatment that their relatives are giving black people in China. You know, the the issue that, you know, and it's, I'm going to be honest, I'm I'm tired. <laughs> you know, I could actually say that I'm tired. Um, I'm tired of trying to convince my people that um, that they need to open their minds up and their, and their eyes up simultaneously. They need to be open together, and you need to have a real good look at what's going on in your community. You have a lot of people that sit here, and they will say, Oh well, not not where I go get my nails done, or oh no, not not where I go get my Chinese food from, or not. And, I, and then I in turn have to ask them, well, what do these, what do they do for your community? What do they do? How are they attributing to your community aside from siphoning monies out of your community to to pour into their own community? What are they doing? You can't even go in there and ask for extra duck sauce. You can't even ask for um, let me get a little design on my little pinky. They won't, they won't do that without, without, without you paying them. You know, again, if you, I, I talk about the incident that happened in Brooklyn with the, you know, with the incident with the grandmother, her granddaughter and her granddaughter's friend. They all was getting judged up for a wedding. They was getting, they, they got their toes done, their nails done and their eyebrows and you, they messed the eyebrows up of one of them. They refused to pay $5 and they paid for all their other services and opposed to letting them go for the $5, they wanted to beat them. So all they the money they made from that, whole, from that whole wedding party 
this thing happened because of the $5 that they $5. really could have if they were trying to be good citizens, if they were trying to be have camaraderie and goodwill in the community that you're posted up in, then what was wrong? Because that's something that we would do. That's something that we would do. But the thing is, we're just, and so I understand the question. What something we would do would be to go ahead and take care of the opera. You know, make sure people get good service. That's something that we would do without fail, without question. And so this right. whole brouhaha ended because of that. Wow. Right, because of $5. It's not because right. they were trying to dash out of the establishment. No, I understand. She had a yeah. rapport with the, with the people. She got her nails done there all the time. She lived in the neighborhood. Um, and then you have people that will say that will, when I, when I've watched, when this, when this happened and I've watched the responses from my own people, I knew that we were in more, we were in bigger trouble than I even anticipated, than I ever could fathom and could think of. We're in huge, yeah. we, we in a huge state of disarray because the responses from people, well, do you know how many people go in there and they walk out? Do you know how many, they were like basically siding with them, like to say that they was justified in their actions for beating them with, with broomsticks, locking them inside, beating them with broomsticks, and throwing acetone on them. You understand what I'm saying? So yeah, that was, yeah. they tried to justify that, and then people, you have people that will say, well, not where I go, but then when you ask them what do your people, what do they do for your community, I've had people say to me, well, maybe they do it and don't, and don't broadcast it. And we don't maybe see they it. Do help right. And we don't see it. Yeah. Yeah. That and that's when I have to. Yeah. And that's when I go into complete shutdown mode because it's like I can't talk to you because you are hell-bent on trying to justify the fact that you want to spend your money with them, and that's fine. Because we all still we still suffer from that slave mentality of we don't want our people to prosper and get anywhere because you know how many how many people that do nails out here. My daughter is one of them. She just graduated from um, nail tech. She had to take the latter part of her course via Zoom because you know because of the pandemic that we are in the middle of in the midst of and the amount of um support that they don't get is is crazy and you have people make it well they need the, the nail tech black nail techs shouldn't have attitudes and they shouldn't have this and they have this fucking whole laundry list of stuff that these people should not be had should not have but then you to, to justify you going into an establishment and spending your money with people who don't even respect you they would rather spit on you than to let you walk out of the establishment for five dollars for a five dollar eyebrow job that you botched. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, and, and, and you know, I, again, it's my people that have all been the ones to ask me about: Am I concerned about losing uh, my non-black customers because? I'm speaking up and trying to make changes in my community about how my own people, which means them too, are treated when they go into these into these places. And so, you know, we even try to, and, and, and my organ, what we do as an organization is, 
when we find that there is some excessive type things going on, then what we'll do is we'll contact some of these properties because what happens is this industry, um, and you made a good point on your page one day too, you were trying to explain to people why they were able to, why black nail techs had to charge a little bit more. Maybe if they weren't getting charged more, why we have to understand as a people what happens. They buy in bulk. Let me tell you something. I build silk trees. I'm not trying to. I build. I have several businesses. I build silk trees. I've been doing it for almost 30 years. They will beat out any silk trees in any furniture store. As a matter of fact, I used to build trees for furniture stores. Um, but you know what? what but um, so I'm, I'm I'm getting back into that as well because again, I you know my nonprofit it trains you for jobs or for entrepreneurship. So I want to train some more people how to build these trees. So I don't have to build these trees. And um, I called a company that uh, got in touch with a company that uh, presses the leaves. Of course, it's an Asian. It's over in China, and they know. Uh, their hold on a certain market. They know. Do you know that when I first called them, they t they gave me a list of things that I had to do to even talk to them as if I would not have a bank account, as if I would not have business cards, as if I would not have it as a full-fledged business? They spoke as if I didn't have those things. So when I said, okay, check, 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 what's next? So shocked. Then the price went up. I just happened to be calling around that day, and I got in touch with a white guy actually on the phone who had on his website that he provided, which I knew retail, of course, you know, retail, wholesale, I was trying to get wholesale stuff. You know what he told me? He said, i tell you what, back, I'll sell it to you wholesale. He said, just give them from me. He, he, he knew what they were doing. So a, a, a lot of it is that a lot of them will go out of their way to keep black people from being competitors, mm -hmm. to keep black because not though I don't know anybody black who I'm not saying they're not I don't know anybody black that's in business here with that if they are they just they're doing it like I did it for ten fifteen years and just build them out of my home didn't have a a prep. so the thing is also not only do they want to take now the nerve of people leaving their community where we were not welcome to live or to be put in business because it's like a conglomerate over there. They're going to make sure that nobody that's not of their culture gets in. But, so, you, what we started doing is dealing with the landlord. So I said, the landlord, look, you keep on renting to these because what happens, we close them down, and they would just move some more in their place overnight. So I said, I tell you what, let's deal with the landlords. Keep renting to these, to, keep renting to these people from these other countries who can't speak English that are, uh, discriminating. And, uh, talking, just, you know, gave a little, you know, keep, and then now we're gonna go after you. So, um, now we got them moving out, but then they're only gonna sell to their, you see what I'm saying? So it's a cycle. But, that is a win. Um, considering none of this was going on at first. And I would tell you this too. We, we're busy. We have businesses. We don't like how this stuff goes. But to be advocates, we still have to have solutions. I would say this. Every last one has weaknesses. Everyone has weaknesses. For example, 
it is against the law to sell um, drug paraphernalia. Drug paraphernalia includes those bongs and stuff like that. Now, what the big thing here is they have, they put the bongs behind the counter. And the only way they're protected from lawsuits is by, by from city saying you sell a drug paraphernalia is to put a sign up there that says for entertainment purposes only. But when black people, when people buy those things to walk out the door, the police are out there waiting to arrest them. So I'm saying, y'all make up your mind. Is a drug paraphernalia what? Okay. So what we'll do is we'll 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 go on the news. We'll I have a podcast. I have friends with podcasts. I have friends with television shows. I'll just get about 30, 40, 50 people to make this announcement at one time and keep it going for 30 days, bring awareness to this, and see now if you're going to be able to sell drug paraphernalia, because that's what it is, if people can get it. Do you see what I'm saying? So no one was challenging that. I'm not saying that it's a big deal that I did. I'm saying everyone has weaknesses. Okay? But yeah, my people are still turn around. But my people gonna still turn around about the drug passionary. But then, you know, I I may as well get back to my pots and pans. Yeah, a lot of um, you know, I've had um, I I've spoken to a guy, a black guy who owned a beauty supply store, and he would tell me stories about when he called for hair and wigs and how they were so disrespectful and how they were so nasty to him on the phone and how they wouldn't sell to him. He would tell me mm-hmm. these stories. Yeah. And, um, you know, and, and, and this is disheartening because we were the ones that we, we dominated when this industry first started. We dominated this industry as black people. We own these Absolutely. companies. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's right. I mean, Jim Crow meant that that's what happened. It was to segregate, separate black from white, beauty shops, beauty supplies. I mean, those were multi-million dollar businesses because, you know, um, Jim Crow laws, you know, it was, it was, it, it was, you know, 1880s, Lord, these white people were angry and, and resentful against free African Americans. So of course, these people had found a way to make, to make, do their thing, making money. So yeah, of course, it was. And so I was married once and I, well, I was married and once I went to another, we transferred to another town. And so I was, you know, just, you know, I could, you know, I, my, you know, I could, I could, I could go into a new town and, and get a business. I just wanted to t- take a look around in the town. It was a military town. I saw a lot of real estate. But before that, I went to town and I talked, you know, you know, walked into a couple of black businesses, walked into a beauty supply, Chinese lady owned it. And so she was very talkative. She told me, she said, what kind of baby is she going to do with you here? I said, oh, no, I might do what you're doing. Oh, well, guess what? Now, how cool was a GI, retired GI? This was in Lawton, Oklahoma, military town. Uh, you know, she could barely speak English. And this is what she said to me. She said, oh, my husband told me when we got married, I'm going to marry you and go back to, you know, America. And I want you to go into the black neighborhood with a business because they're going to buy from you before they buy from their own people. Here were some folks thinking that they knew us. They're going to think what you have is better just because you're not black. So what I did was I found a black man who had been having a beauty supply forever before they came to town. And what I did is I went into business with him, and so the business became 
you know, you know, we got we, we did some remodeling, we did some so, so you know that money caused him to be able to com- actually compete with them because this guy had you know you know money was limited limited I mean limitless and of course they had surpassed you know what he had been doing. So it's just about us, and, 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 you know, I mean, that was just the thing, and this is what they're taught, and this is what people say. So we have to get back to, um, I don't know what has to happen for our people to understand what we have to do, but, you know, I don't, a lot of us aren't thinking beyond that. And, you know, even when you have, uh, when you start having corporate people getting more and more into social justice, you really have to pay attention. You know, we got to ask ourselves, is IBM and Boeing and Jerry, uh, you know, Ben and Jerry, is their getting to social justice issues, is that driven by diverse employee and customer bases that the companies represent, or is it coming from a sense of corporate social conscience and a company's desire to make a positive impact on society. Because their employees are also, you know, have minority employees that are affected by these things. And so when, you know, you have corporate, corporations that are outspoken. So corporate, you know, outspokenness does have its benefit. And corporations should lead the way in ensuring that they have, uh, you know, help to foster environments where their own employees can flourish. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's a totally different thing. It's not a totally different thing. We're talking about the, um, uh, the uh, what am I saying about, uh, you know, it costs more to live there than you are. It costs more. And, um, of course, um, I'm just trying to, I don't know, because our communities have changed. You know, uh, we flourish better in, in what we consider black communities. And so that's changing. So what happens with us now? That's what I want to ask. What, what do we do? What, where, which way do we go? Because we're, I, I can speak for the both of us and know that we're not going to stop advocating for what's right in our people. We're just not going to do it. We're going to, we're going to continue to do good business and we're going to continue to advocate. So what, 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 which direction do you think we should go in terms of, of, of business people dealing with this? I think that we need to um, we need to gather like-minded people. We need to gather all the like-minded people, and 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 what I mean by like-minded, I mean like-minded that we're thinking about um, us as a future, our our people as a future, and advocating for us. Are we all going to um, see eye to eye every minute? Absolutely not. But those differences have to be met with respect. We have to address those differences and see how we can still work together despite how our perspectives might be slightly, you know, different on some, on some issues. But for the most yeah. part, we need to surround ourselves with like-minded people who want the same end goal um, as we do. Because it's pointless yeah. to me at this point to keep wrestling people and putting them in the WWF headlock to get them to come along. I don't have that kind of energy. I will not devote that kind of energy to my people. I will not keep going back and forth with people on social media. I will not be arguing with these people. This shit is so tiring and it's draining and I'm, I'm actually exhausted at times. So it's yeah. like, um, I'm done with that. 
what I've done is um I I have a Facebook friend. His name is Tony Lindsay, and he's very proactive politically. He's very proactive politically. He just had a, on Friday night. He had a we call um we have the second town hall meeting. I was so tired that I was trying to stay up for this town hall meeting. It was like at eight thirty, but I somehow because I worked all week, I just was slammed and I missed the call. But our first town hall meeting talked about how we need to um we need to have it was a sister on there who says that she sends her children to the Nation of Islam schools because she wants her children to see black faces like herself. She wants her children to be handled by black people who knows what their struggles are and what their and knows what their struggles struggles are gonna be in the future. She this is what she when she said that it that really resonated with me like wow like that I didn't think about something like that, but that's how, how, that's how much of an advocate that she is on, and she's expressed that on that platform. So we're all having these conversations, but we're all, um, trying to figure out what's the next step. Where do we head towards solutions? Yeah. You know, it's weird because oh, we're both in the food business. And so, you know, black, black businesses, and especially food businesses or safe spaces and safe havens for our civil rights workers because they needed a place to rest, they needed a place to go where they would be welcomed. And of course, black business was so very necessary and so very empowered and empowering back then. Uh, that's where a lot of organi- organization, that's where a lot of strategy, that's where a lot of decisions were made on our next moves. The difference is the people then and the people now. We just don't think, we think, we, we, I don't care how many times we see these folks kill us in our backs. We still think that we don't have an issue out here. Now, someone told me that we were just tired. Tired of what? What are you tired of? You haven't done anything. If you're tired of hearing about how racists are killing you, I mean, why should they stop? What are you going to do? But what are you tired of? See, when people say, don't do nothing, say they're tired, I have to ask that. Because we have really become social media, um, you know, Jobs. I wouldn't say gangsters, really but we, yeah, we, we're just, we hiding behind the keyboards and we're not really Absolutely. doing anything. And I think Bullet, we just get bullies. Out we're just church. bullies. We think yeah. because we're talking about it that we're doing something. Hell no, that's not doing anything about it. Right. It's going to take right. work. It's going to take work. Okay. Yeah, we want to, um, we talked about, um, um, having a platform in, 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 Basically, because we were in the middle of a pandemic and we had to do things like this, we talked about having um, open dialogue in, in, inside of spaces. Like, you know, same thing like you do. Have those meetings yeah. and have people come out and, and, and try to figure out collectively what are we going to do as a people. And strategize. And I'll tell you something else. Yeah. I may have mentioned this earlier. I have a problem with black business people, and I'm going to tell you, who feel like they're playing it safe by not having it affects the it's stuff affects them too. I have a yep. problem with folk who ain't wanting to sacrifice nothing out there. You see what right. I'm saying? Afraid to yep. speak, afraid to talk. Listen, I won't. I, I'm not gonna support you 
if I don't know how you feel about it. Because I could be supporting my enemy, too, who looks right. like me. Let me right. tell you, you're going to you have to prove some stuff to me now. I just don't understand how yeah. black people, when you have a business, you have a voice, people come into you a restaurant, and they do more than buy food and you ring them up. That's your opportunity to talk, and people talk. When people have problems, they talk. So mm-hmm. they see black businesses, black business owners, as a safe space, and they also see you as problem solvers. Right. They see you as problem solvers. And I have a problem with black entrepreneurs who have nothing to say about you. No, you're not, you're not, it's not a good thing to play it safe. It's not a good thing. And then they want you to pay all this attention to what's going on when something happens to one of theirs. And I, I don't understand how you can expect that. When all along, you, you know, I mean, what, what's, I mean, what what kind of person are you that you feel nothing? I'm not understanding that. Some but, people gonna... feel like it that that they have that syndrome. It, it ain't. It's not me. It's not. It's, it, 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 it ain't happening. Yeah, yeah. yeah so you. you know, and I and I and this the mentality of it is like they'll they'll walk into a room with a snake, and there'll be five people in the room. The snake bit. Fits all five of those people, and because the snake didn't bite them, they don't think that that should affect them. They don't think it affects them. And then when the right. snake bite them, they're like, "Oh, well, I've been getting, but we were, but you watch the snake bite because you know the snake bite. Yeah, yeah, you know it bite. Right. Yeah, your own people. You watch. I'm not gonna sit here and wait for it to bite me. If it bit one of my people, it has bitten me. Yeah, absolutely. I, if they hurt. I heard. That's basically what we're saying. This is what happened. This is the stuff that had to bring us across, bring us through. Now, we just have people living in just dysfunction. We just have people living in, and just, people have just totally tricked themselves. Yeah. And I don't trust you. If you don't have a, if I never see you address anything about your folk getting shot down like dogs. If I never see you have a word to say, oh, oh, I, I never ever uh, make posts about going. Why not? Why not? Why don't you? Why don't you? Because if you feel anything, you're suppressing that. Now you need a doctor. Because I tell you, racism and oppression it makes you ill. It doesn't. You, it, 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 it makes you ill. You better talk about it. You better advocate. You better get out there and do some work. Because to help solve solutions makes you feel like you're a part of a part of that. Makes you feel a little bit better. We could go on and on, but I know you're busy today, and um, so I want to thank you. Do you have anything? Oh, this is what I want to talk about. Tell us how to reach you. I'm going to write this down. I have I'm going to put it in the show notes. How do uh, our list, my listeners, get in touch with you. Buy, I'm gonna buy some of those uh, African uh, cookware. Let me tell you, it's beautiful. I have. Uh, I'm turning my this lockdown has t- taught me some things. I've been trying. You know, I do tax, teach people how to do tax lien investing, and uh, also, and I have um, been saying that I was going to turn this into a course for years. And then the pandemic and the lockdown. Now, all my other businesses 
where I have to be physically present for them to work could no longer do that work during the lockdown. Right. Okay. So income change. I'm spending money getting this course online. So, but as soon as this is finished, as soon as I finish spending, because you never know what's going to come up next, I'm going to start buying some of those collections of those uh, beautiful aprons. Oh my God. Then the, then the, the bed covers. Oh, and, uh, and a little beautiful grandbaby of yours. I just love her. Just, just, so, <laughs> and, you know, the, the match, but you've been doing the matching, um, headgear and aprons for, for children too. Yeah. So tell us how, give us the, um, your, your web address. Tell us how we can go on there and see some of you and how we can reach you on, on social media also. Um, my web address is www.bkchefdanielle.com. Um, on the, on my website, I have all my aprons and my head wraps and, um, my cookware, which is my spoons. Um, mm-hmm. I'm looking to, um, like I said earlier in the, in the, in the show, I wanted to, um, be this big, larger than life B. Smith. You know, yeah. in honor of, in honor of my mom, in honor of, in honor of my grandmother, um, in sure. honor of B. Smith herself. And, sure. um, just to know that this can be done. I've had people, um, you know, I, I have my own show on YouTube as well called Talking With Your Mouthful and I talk to people yeah. and I cook for them. And, um, I've had people approach me about, you know, wanting to be a producer for my show, but the the terms wow. and the conditions is just too much. They wanted to basically own me and I just we live in a in an age where you don't have to wait for nobody to do anything for you. You can do it yourself. That's true. That's true. It may take a I little longer. That. It may take a little longer. But you are in control of your image. You won't have nobody not gonna be having me stand up you know, on two my two hind legs like a circus poodle with a tutu <laughs> skirt on, you're not I, I wanna be authentic and I wanna be, and I want my show to be organic and I want it to be natural and it comes naturally. I don't need nobody telling me, Well, you don't need to say this and you don't need to do this and you do don't need to do that. And and don't get me wrong, I am open to criticism, but I'm not open to somebody coming and think they're only they want me to sign oh, on the sure. dotted line and down you you owning me. If you want to give me some directions on how to how to do this thing bigger and better, I'm by all means. But it's funny because you're making the thing. <laughs> it's funny you're making this thing look good and don't even know it because you got people approaching you. You see what I'm saying? It's just weird how these things go. You're fine. You know exactly what you're doing. And you right, do absolutely. it well because there's a lot going on. I mean, just from knowing you and knowing everything that what you do, I'm like, how does she do that? All that. But then people ask me the same thing. You know, you got the podcast, you do the trees, you do the food, um, you know, right. and um, the, the train. But you do what you do, you what you love to do. And I get a chance to interact with my people because I'm always trying to train young entrepreneurs on this and that because they come to me and I have a responsibility to get the information out to my people. Now, all everything I mention you cost money. All of it is, is done out of pocket for me. Absolutely. Because the very people that who you're trying to help save and advocate for um, don't understand that even when you're writing letters to um, 
store and and um and uh property owners of these stores that are bogus and sitting standing there calling people niggas and stuff like that as if nothing's gonna happen that stamps and envelopes and cost money. Mm-hmm. They just say you do the work, and um, you know our people don't, you know, donate time is money. to those yeah, to those time kind is of money. causes. Yeah, your yeah. time is money. But, you know, the time but, that you're yeah. taking away from 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 doing and, and cooking and, and and putting them trees together, the time that you're taking away from that that's 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 those are that's time you could be making money, but you want to. See better for your people, you especially when you are a mother and you ha- and you have children and they have children and you want to you want to, you could I, we could all Randy you could go in the kitchen and do what you do and do your business and go about your business as I could too, and we could sort of take our whole family and elevate our whole family and move somewhere in seclusion and have our own little and, and be and be rich and and live our lives. But how would but what about the rest of our people? Absolutely. And people say, Even oh, you're doing so much. Well, I can't right. help my people with with empty pockets because you all don't even believe what we're doing. Um, right. So I have to do these things to keep income coming in and still to be able to help to do the work. I mean, advocacy work still costs money. It you does. Know? Even, even Harriet Tubman, when she got to freedom, she still went back and got people. Right. She still yeah. went back to get people because you just can't. So, she could have said, "Well, I'm free. Oh well, whoever came with me, you good? I'm good. All right." And you know and that is the ultimate risk and sacrifice right there because I don't know too many people who would do that. You know, right. go back because they believed. You know that she believed that's what she was born to do. She was born to save her people and she fighting born, her own you know? people in the interim. And and guess and, and all the people that was telling on her. All the people that was yes. that 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 was yes. you know yes. outing her yeah. and tell yeah. her what she was doing, tell her what she, she didn't was know. Doing. She didn't even know who she could trust. She didn't, the same people she was helping, she couldn't even trust them. She couldn't didn't know didn't know what her fate would be from one moment to the next. I guess we can go along with this. I know you in the right. middle of something. I'm gonna let you go. You in the middle of something. Um, we're gonna continue the conversation um, for the month Absolutely. of June with uh, entrepreneurs. I'd like to have you come back before the month is out. Maybe you can uh, talk about uh, a little bit more. Uh, when, uh, you know, maybe you all will meet again uh, there in uh, with the guy Tony Lindsay. I, I'm, I made a note of his name so I can definitely um, follow him. Or get in touch yes, with him. Absolutely. And then I'm going to invite and you the next call that we have. That's what I'm I was going to ask. That's what I was going to ask. So maybe we can talk about the call. Yeah, maybe we can talk about the call and um, talk about some things that we can both do in both our areas to make this thing a little bit better. Because I know there are people out there who they just don't know what to do and how to do it. And, um, you know, it doesn't take much for us to. You know, we help people all the time, so it's nothing to that. But I have to define what that is and who that is and what we're, you know, because waste of time, it's, it just doesn't, you know, some, you just some, you just can't help some. You just can't take everybody with you, and, you know, I understand that. So this lockdown has taught me a lot. I thank, Sis, thank you so much, Brooklyn. You're welcome. Yeah, Danielle Moore, thank you so much, and I appreciate you and your time. Today on Thank this Sunday, I'm going to yeah. edit edit everything. If I don't get it to you tonight, 
I'll get it to you no later than tomorrow. But I'll probably get some errands to run. I'll probably do some uh, editing, and then I will upload it to SoundCloud and let you know. Now, my page isn't public, so what I'll do is it's pub. Everything is public on SoundCloud, so I'll you just I'll let you know when it's um when it's ready, and then you can share it, or I can share it publicly and then go back to yeah. So you can um you can share it from your page or just share it from uh, and then and uh, from on your page as well. Uh let okay. you know when uh when it when when it's uh, everything finishes and um when everything's edited and, and published. So I wanna thank you again and I will talk to you soon. Okay, thank you. All right, Derry, talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye bye. Bye.